And welcome back to The Mad Awesome Show, where we are not technically a monthly podcast, but that is what it is. Jila, how you doing? No, it feels good, um, especially being out for a month. <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing. No, it feels real good to be back, especially with everything going wrong with Star Wars, in-game. There's a lot to talk about, so it should be fun. No, yeah, and as always, we won't go into the um, the spoilers until the end, so everyone is safe to listen right now. But that's really, and again, this isn't spoilery, but for anyone who's following, the series of Mando and Bad Batch are really they're really taking off and or landing. Uh, Bad Batch just had their season finale. But again, we will, we'll leave that for last. But yeah, in-game, in-game has been pretty solid um, for the most part. How's, well, actually, we'll start this off in a very different way. Tilo, how is your roster looking? And what have you, what have you been working on? What are you grinding up? How, how's your leg day in regards to, I guess, GAC and pretty much just everything right now? I think everybody knows what I'm working on. <laughs> it's oh man, dude, that's right. Well, and you're. Would you like to break the news to everyone? Oh, no, no. Well, I, I, I'm doing pretty good at Inquisitors, but man, I can't say anything in any Discord without somebody being like, "It's probably because you don't have Inquisitors or something." It's just super funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we have. did. You listen to the last uh, Gambit yeah. roundtable? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it's now like it's become this joke, and like the, the Gambit guys, like they have a lot of listeners. So there's oh, I know. You now have a reputation with probably, and I don't know their numbers; they haven't told me. But if I had to guess, like thousands of people probably know this about you now. So that's kind oh, yeah. of a fun inside joke we all get to be a part of. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh though, uh, especially Brill, Brill for the guild man. <laughs> he slides it in so slick. Well, oh yeah, I saw about like you you would pick up if uh, <laughs> or you wouldn't pick up if Grand Inquisitor was calling. That one was funny, but also like not. I guess we're gonna put you on blast for like a fourth time. Um, so the Grand Inquisitor event just came back, and the next time it comes back, it, it will or should be permanent. Yeah. But you're like one of three people in the guild now that doesn't have him. Like we were probably we probably had fifteen ish, a little less, maybe like fourteen or something like that before everything hit. Uh, but now. Now it's pretty much just uh, you and like two other guys. I know, and I'm like, man, I'm not gonna get him this time. I'm probably gonna use Reva to uh, lock the Grand Inquisitor. I'm probably gonna be one of the select few for the next one when it starts. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be the the trigger photo that everyone's sending around of the guy who has Reva, you know, R seven or R eight or R nine or whatever, and Grand Inquisitor sitting there un un or locked locked. Yeah. Yep. I'm definitely going to send it to Zareth. Zareth, I think, gets the most kick out of it out of everybody. <laughs> well, I, have, I, I, I don't. I, I have found it a little bit funny how funny he finds it. Like, oh yeah, I, I kind of. I thought I made my comment quite nonchalantly, and I guess we're doing free advertising for Gambit now. Um, but very nonchalantly the first time, and man, he he just cracked up. He because yeah. he yeah. Anyways, no, I, I went to watch one of his off the streams uh, the off week and. Oh, man, he was loving life, especially the comments, too. Every time I say something. <laughs> nah, it was, that's a fun time. All right, so you're working on Inquisitors. Yeah. You'll have them by the time you unlock Reva, which, you know, while I would be happier as a guildmate if you're actually getting shards for us, I'm glad you're at least working on them now because that's still like a super baller team and yeah. territory wars. And you can, I guess you can, if you really want to make up for it, uh, t- 
take everyone straight to R8 so that you can start raking in the get three yeah. for the special mission. No, and even even without having Grand Inquisitor and Reva, I, I found them pretty useful, especially like Knife Sister. Knife Sister's been with my Lord Vader. It's been pretty baller over there. Eighth Brother's been really nice too. I didn't use it this last GAC, but I really like the comp with, with uh, Lord Vader. Um, what is it? Lord Vader, Royal Guard, Maul, and Candorous with Eighth Brother. Eighth Brother being the weakest, and then you put a 20% on it. And it just runs real, real smooth. Can jack up like a, a SLKR with Daka and Zombie on the team really, really quick. So I don't know. It should be fun. It should be fun to start using some of these characters because they got a lot of viability even without the two main pieces. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see. And I mean, I'm not very close to this, and I imagine you weren't either. But they're all, you know, Desufus or whatever. So I don't know if we're going to find anything particularly interesting with, um, particularly interesting with Seer, which I guess we can kind of, we've already, we already kind of talked about them last time, right? Uh, we talked a little bit about Seer. It was more, mostly about Kyle Kestis, but Seer looks real, real nasty. A lot of good stuff from her. Yeah, my thing is, and I, I talk about this a lot, so I even probably talk about this in the last podcast. Every like every kit team that we get now looks like somewhat nasty, and I'm just kind of getting the feeling that most of these B level teams, like the fit, the Finzori team, the Sana team, the Shorty team, which actually those those three are really good examples. These teams are only truly going to shine when they have a Datacron, which yeah. you know, for three of those right now, they all do, and they're all kind of wrecking face for the most part. Uh, Zori might be able to retain a little bit more, especially with the double Omicron with her and Rose. But like Sana, Sana and Shorty, like they're pretty, they're pretty underwhelming without uh, without their Datacrons. At yeah. least when you consider, you know, a ten million roster with seven Galactic Legends and all the Conquest toys. No, I have Shorty, and Shorty's fun without the Datacron. Yeah, it's, you, you feel the impact of her. I, I think she has a lot of plug play viability, but team wise on her own. It's not the same without the data crown. Uh, and, but and but, also, uh-huh. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's really not a knock on Sorty or even Sana or any of those other characters. That's just the, the thing now that we just have so many, you know, like like I said, nasty teams in game yeah. that are almost all around. Like, obviously, we have, I would say, probably three levels of characters right now that are relevant. Um, but we have so many that are in that third tier of, like, still pretty good. Yeah, and the thing is, with all these new teams that they're coming out, it seems like they instantly put out the counter. Like, they have Tuscans out there, and then all of a sudden they bring in, um, what do you call it, Calcestis and his crew. You, yeah. you have Tuscans beating Sana, and it's just like they're, they're putting their counters, like, real close together. So it almost gives you a point to where it's like, if I throw and I focus on this team right away, what's the point? if they are going to just throw a counter in right away too. And obviously not everybody's going to have it. <laughs> and there's a swoga train going through my house. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know if you can hear it, but, yeah. uh, but no, it's just, it's, it's interesting their game plan because usually they would have did it and spread it out. So it wouldn't be as bad and you would feel the pressure of getting these new teams, but because they're, man, they're angry uh, <laughs> because they keep on putting these out one after another. It, it just kind of make I don't know. It just lessens my stress level when it comes to like gathering this team on my roster. I don't know how, if that's the way you feel. 
Um, so I and I, I think a lot of this can be traced back to when they changed the crystal income from from squad arena to GAC because before before squad arena, it was very or sorry before the the crystal change, it was very so much lopsided in the sense that when we got a new character, they probably sucked or they were meta defining. Like I remember when when, when Gideon hit the game, Gideon was immediately in everyone's arena teams or when Hux immediately came out and they, he wasn't just built for first order. He immediately hit everyone's arena teams or, or what, or any of those like level of characters or they were, and this is a really probably the most, the best example, like the cart team, the cart team was bad, like six months after it came out. Like that was not, that's not good. Um, so we're definitely away from that though. We're away from where most teams that come in, they're not garbage. But they're also not meta defining, and then in three months they get a datacron, and you wish you would have had them. Yeah, I just feel like we're getting to the point in GAC where it's almost like TW, where you're only going to use a select amount of teams. So, like putting all these omicrons on this team uh, in TW, because sometimes down the line you're not going to eventually use some of these. Say Phasma, for instance, like it's a great omicron. Don't get me wrong; like you can use it now, but is it going to be that good once we have say ten? Or 15 more Omicrons? Is it going to be relevant? I don't know. And, and I just I just think it's the, the position of the board. And the same thing falls for GAC, too. We're only allotted so many slots. So when you put out teams that aren't meta-defining, they, they get pushed down already. And then when new stuff comes out, they get pushed out of it even further. So I don't know. I feel like they need to just do individual characters that really cannibalize other teams. And you have to make that choice to where you want to place your teams to give yourself a little bit of an individual stance in your roster. I and I, I don't really know the solution. Like it, the nature of the game is to build your roster and yeah. to, to build up as many, really to build as many teams as possible. But nobody wants to spend four hours doing TW or GAC. Like that's just yeah. un, it's unreasonable um, for an expectation, especially when it's what's behind those are like actually pretty valuable rewards. And so I, I think Datacrons, as much as I have issues with them, I think they're actually one of the better solutions because they they give value to these B-level teams or whatever, Sana, Zori, Shorty, where they you're going to wish you had them now, but you're not going to always wish you had them. So it, it allows us to really build up way past the, I don't know what TW we call it the rule of 16. Like you use eight teams on defense and eight teams on offense. And whatever, like whatever fits into the best is what you get. But I'm trying. I'm trying. GAC is what? Is it 22? I think it's 22 because you have 11 on defense, 11 on offense. Yeah. So, um, really, Datacron's enabled to be a lot more than 22. They make it much more like tw- I would probably say 28 to 30 because, like, we get three three Datacrons per set, three or four that they don't make teams unbeatable but they they take them to a level higher than they were before like the nubaka or Vandercron are both pretty good examples in that not anything super crazy but enough to make them better than they were before no i'm right there with you too like that's one aspect that really helps to kind of relieve that pressure of trying to use these teams but i i honestly my solution would be put out characters that cannibalize teams Say, for instance, they throw a rebel, let it be Saw Guerrera, and he takes yep. a little bit from CLS, he takes a little bit from Mon Mothma to make oh, his the trench team. effect. 
yeah, the like basically what trench is, but make it to like yeah. where people actually want to use it. And then you have the choice. It's like you go into this GAC, you're like, man, I want to use CLS, but I have saw. Like you have to start making these decisions. And I, I think that's the one way they can kind of like pigeon their way out of this like corner that they kind of put themselves in is if they start doing that, start creating chaos in our rosters and allowing us to make choices. I may use a saw team. You may use a CLS team, for instance. It, like it, it changes it and it gives it a variety to our rosters. I mean, that's that's what they do with Trench. And we kind of, most, of, there, there's a few theory crafters out there that kind of like it, but most of us are kind of like, nah, man, like you want me to give up two of my best teams to make a team that's probably a little bit better. I ain't doing that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, Gladius says in the chat, he's like, don't, don't put that evil on him. But uh, I, I think that's the only way you will leave it if you start doing that. And obviously, we don't have to do it right right now, but say five more teams down the line. I think that's the only real solution to kind of break this up other than expand the GAC. And people don't want that either. So it's almost like pick your poison. Do you want to spend more time in GAC or do you want to start breaking up some of these teams? Well, I mean, there's other solutions out there, but I mean, we're going to, and this probably says more about the player base at large than it really does the, what what it's actually happening. There's other solutions too. People just are going to hate every single one of them. Like one idea that somebody's going to be bad. Wasn't that bad, but every, oh my gosh, people would say, CG, you're killing your own game, is if they factored platoons into a GAC where you don't have to do it. You certainly don't have to do it. But if you have the depth to donate an SLKR into the platoon this month, you get that much more of an advantage without having to use an SLKR. is probably not the best example because it's a GL. But like, let's say Zori or something like that, or Asana short again, all the teams that I keep bringing up. We're in that range of probably good enough to use, but maybe not. And then needing them to get like, I don't know, a unilateral 50% crit damage boost. Like that's, that's another way to maintain roster growth with, or maintain roster growth respect, like encouraging people to build the roster and still giving them an outlet to use it in JC without increasing the time. So, I mean, there are ways around it. It's just how, how is the, community going to react to it is a completely different question i see i don't like that because it's like the stats have to be so good for me to platoon one of my characters because we're already getting probably you probably only do that ever if you if you like certainly have the the care the teams to make up for it which again is kind of the exact problem so i don't know i i would try it i wouldn't entirely knock it but i man i wouldn't want to be it's one of those things where I have to like take a week off of YouTube because I just don't want to listen to it. <laughs> See, but the only thing with that one, though, it's like that so heavily favors people with ginormous rosters and people that spend, you oh, know, because yeah. yeah, if, you, if you give it too much of a boost, they can just let go of tons of tunes because they have the depth in their rosters to go deep in there and still have teams to be effective. So I don't know that one. That one, again, like like you said, like. It's an option, but there's tons of like pros and cons with all these options that we put out. It's it's tough. They're in a tough tough spot. Yep, and I think I think they're gonna as they've done multiple times before. I think they're just gonna wait it out until it's really bad before they're gonna be able to implement something. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna be forward thinking. And the 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 also just like complete reality outside of probably Kyber one and Kyber two. This just isn't a problem. Like this isn't. 
that's not it's not a thing but anyways that's enough of that so as far as my roster building goes dilo coming <laughs> coming coming full circle here our roster buildings what leg day is the word i'm supposed to use i really oh oh no i did a lot in fact i probably need to make a video on this i so i now have seven galactic legends with ultimate i have Jabba. he's finally unlocked and this means there's no galactic legend currently announced so get you know probably give it a week or something um I'm just going and I'm applying R5 to all the characters that I've wanted to for like the last year and just can't because every single time someone's like, your grief should really be R5. It wouldn't hurt that much. I'm like, all right. So I don't I don't get Jabba is what you're saying. Or someone's <laughs> like, you should really have your B2 R5. He would die a lot less. I'm like, all right. I It's, it's either that or Jabba. Like, your Jedi Revan should really be R5 so you can get a better protection card. I'm like, all right. I like, guess... I'm sure my regulars who were on stream got really tired of hearing it, but I just, I, I couldn't do it. Like I had, I had two options here and I wanted Java. So I have Java now. So I now have an R5 Jedi Revan. I have an R5 Grief and Mando. I have an R5 B2. That's, that's been like the really big thing that's happened um, recently. And I'm, I'm, I think my goal, and I will see how far I get with this because I do want to be actually, as much as I have been negative about Trench recently, I actually do want to have the resources to take him immediately up to R7. Because if they give him like a really baller Datacron, I need it. I, I'm i at a point, we'll probably get to this later when we talk to GAC, but I'm hurting GAC-wise and I need I, I, I need some help. I need, I need more tools. So if he has something like Afro, where he's just going to auto, or not auto, but just like destroy some really high-level teams without even trying, like I'll, I'll, I'll put BB-8 with uh grievous and uh armor with what's his face with c so um yeah pretty much a lot of r5s i don't know i probably didn't mention this but all my pilots are officially gear 12 i i I know that i told people that i was working on that that's finally done and um i i feel like a gear 12 i got all my tuscans as high as i wanted to they're all currently sitting at gear 11 gear 12 except for the two that are relics so that was cool they all got all their zetas and I think I've jumped onto Sorty right now, but she's she hasn't really been geared. She's at gear eleven. Um, and I, again, I don't want to take her higher because I I'd, I'd I'd rather be ready for trench than not and find out that you know his Datacron souls every single Galactic Legend or whatever. So I've done a lot. No, that's good. That, that that's literally what I've been doing. Um, not now, but before when I was like trying to get the stars on some of these Inquisitors. It feels so good and so satisfying once you get like those characters that you wanted at a certain level for, for a long time and you finally get it there. I still don't have grief and bad, though. Those those would be awesome to have at R5. Well, and it's just a weird feeling because I've never actually been, never, never, ever have I been this caught up. Like, it, it's quite astounding, honestly. Like, sure, I don't have Afro, and that does suck, actually. That cost me my last match. Um but I have all seven Galactic Legends. Nothing is announced. I, I have nothing. I have no like thing waiting in the waiting on the horizon telling me, "Hey, you better work on me, or you're going to pay for it." That, that's never happened. Like not not in the last five years that I've been playing the game. Yeah, no, that's good. Nafra too. Like, who knows what's going to happen with her after her Datacron too? I, I would imagine she's still going to be fine. But you hear guys like Fatal talking about it. <laughs> And it scares me, you know. I'm 
I'm pretty sure she's still going to be able to do some cool things if, mm-hmm. if you trick her out in 5v5. I'm not very hopeful for 3v3. I think she's gonna, it's going to be a, very similar to the Grievous effect, where Grievous is a great team in 5v5. He goes over 3v3, and honestly, he's kind of junk. Yeah. Like at, at le- Again, at least at our level. In 5s, he's, he's countering Starkiller. He's beating some Galactic Legend comps. He be he beats a lot of these newer datacrons, like he beat the sortie for one for me last round. And three is just kind of like, all right, I have two droids, I guess I'll die. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Uh, especially her team. That's the one I'm really watching. Yeah, I'll have to figure out what I want to do with my life, but I think I'll I think I'm gonna do double droid IG88 and then probably Vader. I've I've been told that without the datacron, Vader is almost needed. Ooh, okay. That makes sense too. And I, I wouldn't be I would be fine with that too. Vader needs like a good solid home. Yeah, I, I mean he sits with Lord Vader and he honestly does I think he does pretty good there still, but uh Lord Vader Lord Vader will take a lot of characters. Like he he wants he wants Maul and he wants Real Guard, but like Thrawn, Gideon, your you know, ninth sister, whatever, he'll Darth Vader, he'll kind of just take them all. Yeah. I mean, I've been even placing Stormtrooper with him, you know? Like, he's very yep. flexible. Yeah, Stormtrooper's great. Takes forever to die so he can steal his mastery. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's about as far as I have for leg day. How's your, uh, how your GACs been going, Tilo? Uh, they've been all right. Um, we were positive in 3v3. I I only lost three times. So Oh, wow, nice. Six, six and three. Six and three. But man, I've been stumbling on the edge of K2. I'm like right there. I'm like going in and out, in and out. <laughs> so because of the squish, it brought me down to K2 and I'm like right on the edge again. And I facing this guy and he has a Reba. I'm like, man, the K2, I have oh, to fight Reba. So yeah. yeah, I lost this first match of uh, 5v5. It was a tough one too. Like the guy had pretty much everything. Had good data crons and I, I stumbled my way. I did a lot of cool counters. It's just it was one of those days where my counters they beat the the nucleus of the team, but they couldn't get around like the little sides. Yeah. So I had to hit it twice. Like I did um I did uh EP Mara and Starkiller versus Ray with Shorty. And oh, okay. it worked. I, I killed Ray, I killed Ben. I killed, uh, they had Barris on the team too. I killed Barris. I killed, um, uh, no, I didn't kill Barris. I killed Shorty. So all I had left was uh, L3 and Barris to clean up. Wow, that's annoying. Yeah. And if I had maybe like 15 more seconds, I would have had them. Uh, It just sucked. And then the other counters, the same thing happened too. Like I went in there. And I just left one team or one character in each squad, but I took out the majority, like bigger pieces. It was just the little the supporter unit that ended up staying. And it cost me big time. I couldn't get past Reva. I had to use a couple extra teams that I that I wanted to save for her. And uh, my opponent full cleared me. So it was tough. And it really got me rethinking my defense too. So we'll see what he used. I'm probably gonna try the same type of defense on this next one just to see maybe that guy was just a super awesome <laughs> and hopefully it works going further yeah i've had to abandon so i was doing just like like completely baller front walls there for a while um to try to stop people in the front and i finally transitioned 
just kind of a trap back wall now that I, you know, have have all the tools to actually make a make a pretty good defensive line. And I had one, it wasn't, it wasn't even we had some user error, but it wasn't even user error versus Jabo. We just I don't know if I think it was bad RNG where all my sides died at the same time. Esselkara lost. And that loss finally, and I had I probably had four positive seasons, and then last time I went four and five. But with the way the squish is, for the first time ever since GAC has started, I I am currently in K two. Oh no, Oh, Cal, yeah, you were the last of the Mohicans. You were supposed to stay up there. No, and I, I I like I said, I had so many like I so I typically since the 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 GAC matchmaking switch around, I would consider myself like a top a pretty oh no not not pretty. Um, I don't think I've left the top five thousand. Like in game, like that is very, that's a very easy comfort zone for me. My probably more likely home is top 1000 capping out at about 300. The issue is Kyber one is now down to like 1100 or something like that. So if I have an off week and I fall out of that top thousand area, I'm immediately relegated. So I might, I might climb a little bit back up throughout the season, but I think starting next season, Kyber one is officially dead for me. I, I just can't yeah. get in there anymore until at least until they fix this. Yeah. Cause what is it going to go to? It's going to be like what? 900. It, left it will that? literally go to one person if they don't change it. Ooh, that's wild. Yeah. It'll literally just be ace up there. Oh my gosh. Which is kind of cool you, for him, like, but it's yeah, not that's, that's real cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish um, they were promoted like a season, you know, to see who is like the top competitor. Like that would be cool. But by them not saying nothing, it kind of sucks. Well, no, and it does because especially it's been going on long enough that we've collected and we've talked about this a lot, but it's been going on long enough that we've collected enough data to know, know, we know exactly what's happening. And it it, it really just comes off as negligence, but almost um, willful negligence to the point where it's almost can almost be argued that it's malicious, that they know about it. They're not doing anything about it. So they really they're in a oh there's a word for this um when you do something passively but it essentially is considered active i'm I'm blanking on um um omitic no someone i'm sure i'll got a dm from someone later but um omissive i can't remember um basically they're it's a roundabout way of saying that since they know about it and they're choosing not to do anything about it um it's it's essentially malicious at this point. So that does suck. And they, I mean, they do need to fix it because while it does, it affects a very small portion of the player base. It's also just kind of embarrassing because anyone who looks up the map and checks out, like, you know, goes to like the top 50 rankings for Kyber one. And there's only 36 people in there. It's, that's not good. Like you can obviously tell that whatever you're running is broken. So we're, and we're not there yet. We're actually probably several, we're probably a year away from that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, they, as soon as they figured this out, they should have shifted it or promoted it differently or made the verbiage. Like they, they dropped the ball by not saying anything, you know? I don't well, know. Well, and it, I mean, I don't, I don't think they want to address it until they actually have a solution. And the, the band-aid way to fix it is just to oh no that's actually i'm, I'm not even gonna mention that it's such a terrible idea but anyways so yep i dropped down um overall we've been playing okay 
a lot of the times it's just a question of I don't I don't have the datacron to match what they have, so I'm forced to. Um, well, it's not even that I don't even have the datacron; it's that I don't ha- I didn't have the relic five characters, and hopefully that should change to a certain extent, and I can kind of get back to the way that I used to play. But yeah, um, not entirely sure. Yeah, now I feel you, man. and I, I feel for this season. I'm starting to like get back into my groove, watch my YouTube videos, and watch people on Twitch, and kind of like go deeper into Smoga. I feel like it's going to help me a lot because that last couple months I've kind of kind of skirted along. I've been real busy with other stuff that I haven't been paying attention to new counters and new new um, datacron compositions and things to really farm for. So, and it's hurt me really, really bad, especially in GAC. It's funny, like you drop the ball a little bit when it comes to like new, like intubation when it comes to like counters and stuff. And it, it get, you fall behind pretty quickly. Oh, especially when we're facing that stuff. Like it's not really relevant to most people yeah. what counters semi exist for Riva. Um, and it, unfortunately, it's relevant for us. Yeah. Like but, that but, matters. We, we have to know. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of excited about that. Like have something OP that I want to use something not that's not a GL. I don't know. It just gets me excited. I like stuff like that. Man, it's really fun when it works. Um, yeah. And I know just with my with my with my pattern, we're gonna <laughs> it's gonna fail. But I'm like I I love seeing what Qui Gon Jin can do. That's it's like my the most fun thing I can do on stream is to be like, all right, everyone. I don't know, but let's find out. And then does Jedi Anakin delete the whole team in one turn? Or is he ability blocked? Who's to say? We'll find no, out. I, I like what you science it out a little bit, especially your Qui-Gon team. I think you went against like a Malgus. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, no, right that's... when he first came out. I, d- I did. And then he would like everyone had ferocity up. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And like literally, I think everyone died, but. I think we got it down to just Malgus. We couldn't kill Malgus because my mace was already dead. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, so JC is doing well. But uh, Tilo, we have we have some podcast questions that we have been a little bit behind on. So time to make our way through these. And um, oh, this is actually a pretty good one. And this, uh, this one needs to be a whole series. For modding, how do you know when to stop building your mod base and instead farming the materials to slice the mods? So basically, how do you go what's when what's the the change in the temperature for you to stop farming the actual mod and go over the slicing materials i i i do it based on feel of when i know i have like a good amount of mods that i can start working on then it's like okay let me start to see if these will pop any speed or any like any stat that i'm looking for but once i go through those mods and they don't have anything then I'll go back to farming regular mods. But now, I don't know, with the changes too and with the amount of mods we're getting, I only really stop focusing on uh, the materials to slice if it's something specifically I really, really want. Because speed mod, I'll get speed mod from other places like the store and other things. Um, but a lot of times I'm investing into my existing mods too. So I don't, I don't know. It's just a tough, tough spot. There's a lot of stuff going on with mods. You have... I feel like you have to have a schedule, and I don't. So it, it kind of sucks. 
So I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like the schedule of like Monday through Wednesday. I farm mods. Like I've never, I've never, I know some people work with that type of methodology, but I've never really quite understood it. And I think, I don't know if my strategy for mod farming is really good for the upcoming player because we, we, we both for, you know, playing for as long as we have, we have good bases build up at, at our point at best, we're just filling the holes. Like we're just, we're trying to replace our plus 15 with a plus 20, or we're trying to farm up potency mods because we didn't have any and now Afra is coming out. So uh, little little things like that. But what I, what I do is I actually will go through them with slice of material. I will try to get all my slice of material up to about 500 or so. Like I'll try to get it, make, make sure it's all pretty high. And that's, you know, the pre-60 pieces. I'm getting the 60 and 6C and B. That's that take years to get to from the 500s. Uh, but the, all the lower stuff, I'll get that to about 500. And then I'll be, I'll look around and see what I need. If it's a potency set or if it's a speed set. Right now it is potency. The kind of mentioned that with Afra. And then I'll just start farming mods until I get a little message on my screen that says, you know, you're all out of slicing materials. And then I'll, I'll just restart the process. I'll, and I think that, I think that saves me quite a bit of time because I'm, I'm doing it. You don't want to, if we're trying to lower our ta- time in game, you want to do things in large batches. Unless you're like need the mod like right now, yeah. No, and that's always the times that I get hits is when I do it in large batches. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> the times well, I, mean, I just do it would. Mods is a numbers game. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone has good RNG, everyone has bad RNG. But if you slice five hundred mods, the odds of you getting something good are significantly higher than if it's fifty. Like, it's just very simple math. Yeah, no, hundred percent. All right, next question. Uh, do you think oh, I? Yeah, I already know this or my answer to this. Do you think GAC would be better or worse with a fog of war that prevents you what see uh, seeing what your your opponent's using? Uh, how I many like points it. You're getting. I like it a lot. I like that concept. Uh, it's something that's been thrown around in the community for shoot, like ever since GAC. Oh, since it's been started. a thing, yeah, yeah. Yep. I I've always liked it because then it like it doesn't matter. If you attack first or attack within the last hour, they're not going to be able to see unless you're like a streamer, you know. But other than that, like I think it equals the playing ground too, because the the mentality of you going first and the mentality of you going second is a big, big difference. If I go first, any drop that I have is giving my opponent some relief because he knows, okay, it's giving me a wiggle room when I go and take my turn. I dropped two. He's like, okay, I have this amount of banners that I have to fall with under. And, and I know I do that for me too. Like I, if my opponent attacks first, I, I feel a lot less stressed <laughs> doing GAC because I know I have that cushion. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it would equalize the playing ground a little bit. I like it. Um, I think it would be great for the player base at large. It would be absolutely garbage for streamers. Oh yeah, because then your well, your opponent is getting a huge advantage because they're gonna know exactly where you stopped, and you're gonna have you're never gonna have any recourse to know what they're gonna do because they're not gonna stream their battle. So I I don't I don't want to ever see it, but that's just me being selfish. But is it a good idea? Is it better? Yes. I, I gladiators bringing out a good point that they could use Prime Bot. So if, yeah, if um, yeah, they would have to disable that somehow. But like, even they if really they don't, that to be a thing. you know, it's like okay, if you're if you're going out of your way for to use Prime Bot, 
I it's at least a little bit of effort that they the person had to do, you know. And a lot of people aren't going to bring in that effort. And the one nice thing about that one is it's not really an advantage because everyone can do it. Yeah. Like if you, if you choose to stream, you're just stuck with that disadvantage. You have no you have no recourse except not to stream. But if your opponent uses prime butt on you, all you have to do is use it back. Like it's not that hard. Or if CG did it, it would be I don't know how they could do it because I don't like fix stuff like that on apps, but um, they could just have it say, I don't know what they could do, but they can make it like post it right before the, the round ends. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think it'll happen either way. It doesn't make them any money. Um, and it really doesn't actually make, I guess it makes the experience slightly better, but they, CJ could also just be like, Oh, just attack last. And you're like, I'm at work. And they're like, well, that's a personal problem. Um, they're going to be like, we give you a twenty-four or a twenty-four hour window for exactly. Well, and they give us a full, t- and that's that's really it. Like that, you can't ask for much more. I guess I can, well, you can, but anyways, I, again, I don't want to see it happen. <laughs> All right, Tilo, Gladiator would like to know. This is actually in our podcast questions. How does this. Tilo feel about the public shame of his inquisitors? The only purpose of this question is to cause drama and dis- destruction. So we've already gone over this. I think you think it's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's funny. It makes me smile. <laughs> like listening to the Gavin streams make me um make me laugh at work. I'm like, oh man, that's wild. Oh, also, he had there's actually is a real question here. My Quisitors are even worse than Telos. Ouch. And won't be ready for GI until he's back. Should I go hard on them or get Afra first and then work hard and unlike uh unlikely unlock GI before he enters the journey guide in June? I I, I would still go GI. I think he's um gi and afra are probably similar power levels once you remove datacrons and Ariba from the equation and you just need you need to start getting Ariba shards now not not i'm not angling this at gladiator but everyone it's, it's the same thing that i was say i always said with piet and adrad you you need to start now because it's going to take forever yeah no, in, in in even a good GI squad, if you can get that done, if it's well modded, pretty good relic level, like you can take out so much stuff on offense. Yeah. So, and so I would definitely do it. And like you said, Reva's super important. It's time gated too. Anything that's time gated has to be a priority. So you you got to jump on it. You don't be like me. <laughs> there you go. All right, this next question is actually going to be really hard to answer, and I don't think I have a good answer for it. What is the best 2 million account or best 3 million account look like? Um, and they're saying best in terms of overall importance over all game mode, best for helping Gil, best for GAC. Actually, I think I do have, probably have a pretty good answer, but it's not very fleshed out. Bill, you go first, Hilo. Uh Mine would be just have all like your concrete, your base level teams. Like yeah. I, I know it's not going to be flashy like some of these other rosters with gls and all sorts of stuff but have those legendary characters like uh chewbacca have your boss have your cls have those type of squads because in the long run once you get all those legendaries it's going to make it easier to start getting some of these gls and start building off them too and uh, i don't know i feel like the the if you go straight after a gl from the beginning you put yourself back on a lot of the counters because yeah, some of the some of the people that you're going to be fighting fighting have like a GL, but they don't have the the roster depth that you have, and you could really really jack them up in GAC, especially at like a two three million 
GP roster. Yeah, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. The only thing that I would add, um, if it's a three million account, if I if I were talking like best three million account, I would want you to have mostly like core teams, like Tila was saying, like Imperial Troopers, CLS, uh, maybe like Shot Clones, Geo stuff, like stuff like things that are achievable. Nothing, nothing super hard. Um, but in addition to that, if you want like the ideal three million roster, you should have Executor. That that's that's yeah. probably what I would say, at least in the current meta. Um, it, he's he's it's way more important than a Galactic Legend, in my opinion. I have a um, I have a patron that I help with kind of plan out his roster and stuff, and he's in he flows uh, around a rhodium, and it, I, it just gets a little tired of he's constantly facing people with probably three to four, maybe even five Galactic Legends. He has one. We we don't have the resources to be able to outdo those galactic legends. We just don't like we can't we can't keep pushing and pushing and pushing them out. But if you go after executor and you really you really bank on ships, and then you know, in addition to that, uh take first and fleet arena, which is super important for roster growth. Uh, and then you just have to rely on your base teams to develop some off-meta counters within them. Um, and because most of the GLs that you fight. At the very beginning, like in Chromium and Erodium, they're not really that tricked out. Like they're like the pretty bare minimum R5 requirement to unlock. So you can, a lot of them can be off meted. Um, but yeah, core teams and executor. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and that's a good point too that you brought out about the fleet arena, because that's literally the only real crystal income you have, especially if you're going at those lower rankings, like chromium and and rhodium and stuff like that you get good amount of crystals but it's not the same like back in the day when you were able to get first in arena first in fleet arena like the progression system when it comes to crystals has slowed down when it comes to that area of the game so you want to jump on it as quickly as possible so you can start pushing it on these other characters Oh, and the game has just really moved away from one team strongholds. And I, I yeah. see that we've obviously seen that in PVP, but we've also seen it uh, and we're going to see it more in the raids because like SL, the SLKR stock has fallen dramatically because mm-hmm. he's one of the best teams in C-Pit and he is, you know, the best team in um, Heroic Sith. None of that matters now. Like, and it's Jabba today. But I don't. Am, am I really going to tell a two million player who's building his roster? Oh, you got to get Java for crate raid. A year mm-hmm. later, they finally get it, and it's you actually need JMK for to beat the Xylo Beast. Like you can't do that. Um, at least not yet. And it's going to be have to. It's going to be dependent on everyone in the guild too. It's not like yep. a raid where one person person can power through like the SLKR and heroic Sith raid. You know. Everyone has to have these certain amount of teams geared up to be able to participate in it. it it's tough. It's a way different place than it used to be. All right, Tito, could you ever see any other? This is a, this is a fun question. Any other beasts or creatures coming to the game along with similar to Wampa? Ooh man, I, I wish it would be awesome. Like I always wanted the Borgullet. I think that would be cool, especially because we have Saw in the game now. Yep. <laughs> Have his burgalit out there. Um, oh, Tauntauns. Tauntauns would be like a simple one that they could bring in here. Have uh, Han on Tauntaun and a Luke on a Tauntaun. That would be really cool. And then it would be even more cool 
if Luke's taunt or Han's tauntaun had a revive mechanic, <laughs> oh, yeah. especially because he could put him in the tauntaun. Uh, any other beast, uh, Mylox, Minox, uh, from when they're in the worm, that would be kind of cool. It's just real small, so I don't know what you would do there. Um, I do the, other... uh-huh. the baby Rancor from Bad Batch Season 1. That would be awesome. I that's that that's like the number one for me. Like if, if we had to be like one creature, beast, or whatever, it would be her. Oh, yeah. No, that would be good. There's one another one in Bad Batch Season 2. That would be cool. Another baby. But we won't talk yeah. about that one. Um, I don't know. Like the other creatures that I would really want to come in game are like super big. So you couldn't use them in game. Yeah, I, I would probably that... cap out at about Wampa size because you, if, yeah, or Jabba size, I guess is probably the largest we're allowed to go. Yeah, the one I would want though, like, and to be kind of visual on screen would be like Boba Fett riding the Rancor. Maybe you only see his feet and his hands, like in the background. I think that would be kind of cool, but I don't know. There, there there's a lot of creatures in game, but I think they're going to use them for uh, these upcoming raids. Yeah, I, I think I think there too. I definitely think there too. But okay, we have we have a, we have two fun questions here. So, what is the optimal meat to everything else in a burrito? Oh, carne asada. No, what was the optimal? Oh, oh yeah. So ratio, like what's the what's the, the optimal? Uh, yeah, like how much meat should you have in comparison to everything else that's in there? I, I like my loaded. So I want that mess. <laughs> They're gonna cut this, so I'm not gonna say the what I was about to say. But I wanted a lot, like a lot of meat in there. I want a lot of meat in there. Uh, maybe some beads. I'm not big in rice in my burrito. I don't know what it is. My wife likes rice, but um, if you're ever in California, go to King Taco. They got some bomb burritos. Get the meat burrito. Don't get the regular one. Um, yeah, no, it's. I like a lot of meat. Wild. I Pause. I'm probably actually more in like a 15% camp just because I what I I, I I put so much stuff in it though man so I be rice and beans have to be in there they don't have to be in there but I, I prefer it I do like salsa I want sour cream uh cheese lettuce I, I like like the sauteed onions and peppers oh. um I'm trying to think if there's anything else but j- just I, I like it stuffed as much as possible and I feel like the meat should probably have a higher percentage than say sour cream. So maybe maybe 20%, but I'd I'd rather the thing just be full. Yeah. No, I don't know. Well, I will say, and this is gonna be an unpopular p- opinion, but Chipotle sucks. Your burrito reminded me of Chipotle. I don't know what it is. I can't stand Chipotle. It's overpriced and ain't even that good. Um Man, man, I want a burrito now. But the only thing is I moved to Texas and Mexican. I feel like the food, selection there should still be pretty decent. Like you're you're close enough to man. the border. It is. Oh, it should, it should be different because you're going to get a lot more Tex-Mex and you're actually going to get real Mexican. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't want your Mexican food. I want some East L.A., some California Mexican food. Yeah, <laughs> so know, that's different. different. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's probably still good, but I imagine it's not the same. <laughs> No, I'm down for anything as long as you give me a good salsa. Yeah, no, it has to have that's that it has to have flavor. Um, is hot dog a sandwich? 
Uh, gosh. No, it's a hot dog. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I, again, similar to the burrito, I, I load my sandwiches up. Like I, even just like a normal bread or whatever, I like two or three different types of meats, um, like some pepper jack. Again, I, I like tomatoes. Onions aren't honestly aren't bad. So I, I fill the sucker up. And then to look at a hot dog, which at least in the States, oh, oh in Brazil, they're entirely different too, man. They, um, and this is regional, so it changes. But they, where I was, it was, I, I kid you not, mashed potatoes, corn, and I'm trying to think what else was really popular to put in. I feel like there's one other thing. But yeah, mashed potatoes and corn on the hot dog was very normal. And like that's that, that's that's loaded, sure, but it's also just not a sandwich. Yeah, I don't know what over here too. These these Mexicans in Texas, they just love potatoes. I'm like, I like potatoes too, but I don't like it like that. Like <laughs> Well, and even like so I'm just from my dietary life, I've never really loved if I want to eat a potato, I either want to go all or nothing, like fry it, like yeah. tater tater tot wedges, whatever. I, I, I kind of don't want to eat the potato like a baked like I'm not really big on baked potato unless it's loaded with like bacon or something like that because like this this is just like pure starch it's not really good for me and it doesn't taste super great either I don't know what it is and then I look around I'm like mm, I could tell why you all big because you guys eat a whole <laughs> bunch of potatoes <laughs> what's, nah, the, I mean, what's the Charles Barkley right like, when he talks too. about the San Antonio women he's like y'all some big women <laughs> Man, this is this podcast went off the rails real quick. Um, <laughs> Talk about food, we go wild. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. I guess I guess we're we're continuing. On. I, I genuinely enjoyed that though. All right. So if Reva only gets one Omicron, it's her leadership, right? I would imagine. I, I haven't really checked. Yeah. So no, I I would say yes. Um. And I think the way the the question is worded is important, though. If Reva only gets one Omicron, and what I mean by that right now, the way that she's currently working in game, and it might be the way she works forever, I don't want to scare anyone, um, she almost just doesn't need any. Like, I don't know, I honestly don't know how many counters are being changed by that Omicron. I think you're either the two, like, off-meta that people are experimenting right now with, Shout out to Sanjita, who did the mall one. And then uh, Thrawn, the, I don't know who, where the Thrawn one came from, but those two right out there, they're not really dealing a lot with any of the, the Omicrons. Um, but the leadership on paper is broken. Like, it's absolutely bonkers. It uh, it applies Deathmark whenever you cleanse. Locked Deathmark, which you combine that with the healing immunity. It's essentially like getting Adrad's ultimate every single turn for the entire battle. It's stupid good. Um, so yeah, to answer, to answer your question, uh, Ski Trooper, if she only gets one Omicron, it is her leadership, yeah. But maybe don't give it to her, maybe give her two. Uh, still a little early to tell. Yeah, that's the only good thing about being a little bit behind. Once once I get her, I'm going to know for sure what I need. 
Um, yeah, no, until have... everyone changes their mind and you're stuck with a crappy yeah. investment. Looking at you, second sister, everyone told me, oh, yeah, she's the best thing ever. You need her. Uh, she's eighth brother doesn't do anything. Click R7 on her. Go into Discord 10 servers. She's garbage, man. No, why would you do that? Like, she's worse in every single lineup. I'm like, you guys suck. I hate all of you. I saw I saw it in the guild chat the other day, too, and I was thinking of you. I was like, oh, man. I said, hopefully Calvin doesn't see this. I, I get mad every time, man, because, like, it just, the deal just gets worse and worse. And, like, you guys... You had five months to figure this out, and it took you like five months and one day, just too long, that I didn't get get in on the good info. But anyways. oh man, dude, he's hitting so hard too. It's wild. Yeah, I, I like I'm not I'm not in denial. Like I'm not on copium here, being like, no, second sister's better. No, I know I know she's worse. I know she. I think the only way that she's even slightly better, well, the ship, uh, but the only other way that she's slightly better is the win rates have been pretty universally 5% up versus gas because she has a way to her special ignores defense, which the gas team between him and fives, actually, they care a lot about that. So anyways, um, what do you believe is the most enjoyable farm in the game? Oh man. I saw this question that was asked when it asked it. And I thought about it for a little bit. I honestly think the most enjoyable farm in the game is star killer. Just yep. because you get so much teams like that, that can transform your whole roster. And it's like you feel good once you hit one. It's like, okay, I got Kyle Katarn. I got a Mamafla team now. This is dope. I got Talon. I just made any Sith team she's on better. I got, uh, what do you call it? Dash. Dash is awesome, too. Yep. Like, that's definitely the best. And, and Mara, too. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's fun there. No, I, I, yeah, there, I have nothing really to take away and I, I wouldn't change the farm. It, it's just, there's no feel bad moment. There's no Rose. There's no Krennic. Every single one of those characters, I, I would, I would argue, and maybe Kyle, Kyle Katarn's kind of had a little bit of a fall from grace or rather Mon Mothma has, but every single one of those characters, you should probably have R5 at least, uh, even if you, even if Starkiller didn't exist, you should. Yeah, and They're, they're, just, they're just that good. And even if you don't use Katarn on Mon Mothma, he does so much good stuff with JML too. Like he's well, a especially definitely good character. When you look at a roster building perspective, and you're you have like nothing, and you're just you're trying to get your core teams, you're trying to fill out. You don't you don't have a lot of these spare Jedi like Cam or stuff like that sitting around that you can pull in. Like he 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 does fine with Jedi Revan. Like he's not bad. No. No, and that, and that's the good thing about all those characters too. You, you're at that point that you're eventually looking to get get Star Killer. You're gonna have some of these teams that you can take advantage with all these characters. You're probably gonna have Treya. You're probably gonna have EP. You're probably can throw Katarn on like a Jedi Knight Revan, like you said, and yeah. you could put Dash with Scoundrels because Scoundrels are basically everywhere. Yeah, Dash will go with any Scoundrel team. Talon will go with any Sith team. Calcutarn can go with any Jedi team. And then, yeah, ev- no, everyone has Pal- Pal- Palpatine is one of the most successful characters in the game. He's like one of the first yeah. level legendaries. You farm Phoenix and you have him. Like it's not, it's a, he's, he's very accessible. Yeah. But, and then our last question from TK is the Matt Awesome Show Up monthly podcast? <laughs> no, but it might. And we'll, <laughs> Tila doesn't even know about this. We might have to switch to bi-weekly. I've got some things coming up in my schedule that I won't, I don't want to drop it, but it might be a lot more convenient to do it at once every two weeks. Yeah, so, I'm open for Tila. whatever. So two weeks, change the date, whatever you want to do, I'm down. Yeah, but I, I don't have intentions. 
of stopping anything. So, yeah. All right, Tilo, we made it like all the way through the questions. Um, I, I want to get this proper time. So anyone who's listening now who has not seen the Bad Batch finale, you haven't seen every single episode of Bad Batch, um, peace out. Like, go watch it right now. Um, Do so it, you don't get any, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna talk all spoilers. You know, my been typical line. I don't believe in spoiler free reviews. I don't want to know if you liked it. Um, but yeah, peace out girl scout. I uh, hopefully you stopped washing the dishes and dried your hand off and hit the pause button, but <laughs> all right, Tilo, what'd you, what'd you think? Oh my gosh. This one was just, I don't know. Like, we talked about it in the, I believe it was the season opener, uh, the premiere, where we asked the question, is somebody going to die? Yep. And we threw out our like suggestions, and I think we both talked about it, and we both agreed that tech would make the most sense. Or, or it was Echo that made the most he sense. He would make the most sense to go first, yeah. Yeah, and man, I still didn't think it was going to happen when he's hanging there, when he's talking to a wrecker. I'm like, oh, these guys are definitely going to save him. They're going to figure out something. Or his girlfriend, I always forget her name, is going to come mm-hmm. help them or something. And nope, he takes himself out. Oh, my gosh. That felt so bad. And usually I watch it with my little girl. And then, so I'm in the living room and she's in the kitchen. I'm like, hey, hey, go watch Bad Batch. I said, it's got me in my feels. And she went in the room. And a little bit later, she has her eyes all watery coming into the room. Yeah, that was that would hit hard. So I'm still, and I'm sure most people are after you know the last five years of everything. I'm still skeptical on whether or not he's dead. And I really, yeah. I really thought he was going to be dead. I really thought he was going to be dead until I forget what his name is, Harlem Hair, Hairloom, whatever his name is. He comes in and he has the goggles, and I'm like, yeah. uh, he's not dead. You. And this this goes back to my overarching theory about Bad Batch is that the Bad Batch are mostly Crosshair, but probably uh, Tech now too, are going to be our Phase One Dark Troopers. Like that's they're going to be the clones that are going to be first modified to be tricked out for to start that line that eventually ends up in you know Mando, where yet we have essentially the Phase Three Dark Troopers that are just droids. Yeah, no, I could definitely see something happening like that. But the only thing with that, and I wish I really hope that he's just dead because it, it wasn't a powerful moment. In, in the series and it's funny you say that because it's like a, a, chi- a, child, a child show you know it's for children but it's like, really it, not though that is not, not. <laughs> like um it, so i get i get the argument for especially for especially for rebels the animation i, I love rebels the themes and i think are great um you, you can watch it with kids i think that is a pretty big plus but like clone wars has some slightly adult themes i mean there's that one that has like sex yeah. trafficking that's or genocide like but they they portray the way they portray it like makes it probably tolerable for children somewhat like but i would argue the overarching themes of bad batch they're really more adults like um it's it's very dark and i've gotten the impression i think we talked about this in the first when we watched the first episode i really think we're gonna see every single one of them die except omega i, I think i think they're all going i think they're all yeah. gone i don't I don't think Hunter or Wrecker or whoever, I don't think they get a happily ever ending. I think they all die. Yeah, especially because in Rebels, you don't see them. And no. the way they have their relationship and stuff like that, especially with the Echo and uh, Rex, 
Especially, yeah, I feel like I, they would be there, you know, to help them. Yeah. And there has to be something that's holding them back, aka being dead. So I don't, I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you too. Like it, it's just funny with the show. Like some episodes, like you get like your favorite episode, the racy one. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that was more like kid base, and then you get the season finale where it's like, oh, that one this was, was dark. That one was the whole point of that episode, and I, I, I kind of said it, you know, when we watched it was to foreshadow that Sid was going to turn on him. Like, that was yeah. that was the whole point of that episode, was the guy wearing, like, hey, she's not going to have your back. And oh, sure enough, we get to this one, and she turns him over. Oh, that was so dirty, too. I was so mad at Sid. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, again, because of the foreshadowing of the other episode, it made a lot more sense. Like, if she did that out of nowhere, with no context, it would have been a little bit weird. Yeah. No, and, and as soon as they were in there, and as soon as like I saw her, I was like, "Bro, you guys messed up. Like, you guys should have known. Just take the extra little bit of trip and go go back to where you guys know you guys are welcomed." Yeah. So they left. I mean, they left it at a huge cliffhanger, and oh I mean, season gosh. three is not going to be here for a long time. I mean, we probably have another year and a half, right, or something. I don't even think it's confirmed. Oh, we're we're gonna get it confirmed on celebration. Celebration yeah. is what this week. Uh, I don't know. It's this week. I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll look up. So that's more of a you question than it is a me question. Yeah. I was looking. I was a little bit sad because um, they're not going to have the same coverage as they did for the other celebrations. So the other celebrations, it was cool because you could go to pretty much every panel without being there and watch like the presentations, which was cool because mm-hmm. at work, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. But this one, it's going <laughs> to be a little bit work. more selected. <laughs> But yeah, no, and but the the last the last thing what we were talking about the cliffhanger, her there being another female clone, yeah, that, that is wild. Yeah, I'm not. I really don't know what to think about that in either direction. I'm just kind of like, I guess my response is okay, and like, because I mean they they made clones by what like the millions. I don't. The fact, I guess, the fact there's one other girl is a little bit weird. She obviously is has been accelerated, which again, that's yeah. not, that's not abnormal. That's not weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I again, my my response to that is okay. And like, what 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 exactly is that supposed to change? She's working for the Empire. I mean, that's we saw clones go rogue several times in the Clone Wars. Like, that's not. I don't know. That didn't really seem that interesting to me. I, I think it's going to be more of a season three situation because yeah. look at the, the escape from Crosshair. She's literally trying to talk to him. She probably could have did something or like poison him or like sedate him. But I believe she has a somewhat a feeling towards the clones knowing that they're their brothers and now sister. So I feel like she's going to be that weak point that allows Omega and allows Crosshair to escape Mount Tantus. Yeah, I I would, I would like for that to happen. I, I am curious where the whole thing's going to go, though, because or even like even what's going to happen with Echo and Rex, or I guess probably just Rex now, because the way that they're, they're portraying it, and I think a very similar thing happened with Maul, where... We find Maul and Rex and Rebels, and, and Hondo too, actually. We can throw him into the mix. They're all pretty, like, beaten down. They, they, they've they all lost. Like, they're not... Yeah. 
Maul's no longer the emperor of like a smuggler operation that he was in, say, the solo movie. Hondo is no longer this huge pirate boss. And I mean, Rex is like bumming it with just two clones. Whereas right now he's really, he's really building up a rebellion. Um, And so I'm, I'm just waiting for something to come crashing down and almost in all those situations where the empire is going to just beat them. And, and this is one of the things that I loved about the prequel trilogy and that I, I guess I'm going to continue to love about the shows. It really continues to put a, such an important emphasis on Luke Skywalker um, or not like Luke Skywalker and that whole story of him and Leia that so many people tried and worked and slaved away to try to beat the empire. But the only one who could really do it uh, was Anakin with, with, with from within and Luke having the power to be able to call that out of him. Like it's, and, and again, all, all these other people that are very strong, they try and try and they all fail. And then it, he ends up being the one. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And they, they're going to lose. Like, look at the, the council yeah, gonna, that they, they went lose. up against. Like you're dealing with Tarkin. Tark, Tarkin's no joke. You're dealing. Yeah. With... What, what about that empty seat there? Oh, I don't know who it could be. It may be... Who could it not? What? There's only one person it can be that everything is pointing to right now. Who? Moff Gideon? No, I can't stop Moff Gideon. Thrawn. Thrawn? It could be Thrawn, too. Yep. Yeah, I definitely see it being Thrawn. Yeah. 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 It That's was cool to see something. Krennic there as a, as a cartoon, though. That was kind of fun. Yeah, sec- I think second time we've seen Krennic as a cartoon. Oh, I got a question for you. Do you know who those other two people are? Uh, I try to remember. Are they like sitting around a table and like Empire Strikes Back or something? I, I, I was thinking, but I don't think there's no because he's younger. So I don't know. I, I'll I'll do research. I'll tell you next week what they are or who they are. But I try to look, and I, at first I thought it was Wolf, and I'm like, no, it's not Wolfie Lawrence. No, Lauren. it's not. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, I can't. I, I thought it was going to be the one that Vader choked out in uh, a New Hope. That's what I was I'm thinking like, too. He's too he old. Kind of the haircut, but they did. And they're pretty good about voices. They're pretty yeah. good. Um, whenever they do the cartoons, they're pretty good about matching the voice. I'm getting it close to the original actor. Like I, I remember, my wife was very impressed by how similar they got the the actor for uh, Kenobi to sound like Obi Wan. Yeah. No, and and he, he's too old because he served during the Clone Wars. He looks maybe about what he has to be about forty. If you're about the youngest that you could probably put on them, yeah, then it would be like about fifty. I don't think that that actor's like fifty during that time. No, yeah, that's probably that's probably right. But I mean, I, there's definitely going to be something out there about it. Yeah. But I was hyped that we see Th- uh, Tarkin's homeworld for the first time. That was cool. Is that Iriadu? Yeah, uh, especially if you read the Tarkin novel, I was like, oh, let me see one of those like ape creatures that he had a fight when he was young that would have been really really cool especially if like the once they were like on the planet but we didn't i was like ah i said it's okay i feel like i've seen this in a video game or is this is this planet new uh no i i think it was in legends to his same planet because it's close to uh naboo that's why um Palpatine and Tarkin have a relationship because when he was a young senator, he wasn't even the senator mm. of the planet, but like a senator in training. Um, him and Tarkin formed a bond 
and that bond kind of like went through all the way through the empire oh that reminds I think, me i need to i i need to finish the um i need to finish battle scars this weekend battle scars is good and then um because i think tarkin was like in charge of that whole sector which is iriato sector too like for the police force basically or like the guard yeah it's, so it's mentioned in quite a few things but i'm looking up right now um i don't like it looks like it's mentioned in the Rogue One novel. It's mentioned several times in High Republic uh, sources. Tarkin, obviously, uh, looks like a Darth Vader comic. It, it's, Ooh, it's, it's that one. Was oh, cool. actually, oh, there's way more here now. Um, so it's mentioned in Battlefront, Leia's comics. Um, I'm trying. It does look new, though. It does look new. All these that I'm recognizing, these are all. Uh, like it's mentioned in Thrawn, probably because specifically because of Tarkin. Yeah, all of these it doesn't it does not look to date like Mythic really, Legends. Really felt like because sometimes sorry, if you're looking on Wikipedia, they have like the legend side and then they have canon. Oh, you're right. Um. Oh, yep. There it is. Let's click on the legend side. A good call, Tilo. <laughs> all right, go back down here. Spent too much uh, time oh, here. yeah, it's mentioned a lot in Kotor. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's probably where I would have heard it from. I'm looking through the rest of these. I'm sure this is a very enjoyable experience in the podcast right now. And yeah, there's a lot of, a, uh, sorry. No, I was to say when you get a chance and for anybody that's listening to go look at the, the Vader comic book where Tarkin takes uh, Vader to the Iriaru for, for basically training almost a Vader or Vader wants it more than Tarkin. But he has Tarkin hunt Vader. It is probably one of the best comic books out there. Uh, Vader's out there with a freaking like uh, cape made out of bat wings. Like it, it's just real, real crazy. And uh, Tarkin uh, it takes the dub on that one too. Yeah, I'm looking through here. The old, so they're actually like there's some pretty notable play, uh, ones in here. Like even Dar- the Darth Plagueis novel is actually uh, it's, it's a pretty big deal. But the only thing that I would know are the Kotor games. Tarkin's such an interesting character. I, I want them to do more with him too. Like he's one of a handful that know Vader is Anakin. Like he's just a real, I don't know, just a villain's villain. I like him a lot, especially the way that Canon's basically kind of like fleshed him out a little bit more too. Now he's he's a good character. He does. I, I like the abstracts a little bit more. Tarkin's like you're pretty. He's like a pretty solid, normal bad guy. I think. Um, I guess we don't need to go on that tangent again. But I I, I think Trey is probably the most interesting Star Wars villain, just because yeah. her goal is just so. It's, it's it's out there. Like it's not just like aha world domination emperor or whatever. She's like no, like. I want to kill the force. Like it has, it, it does too much. Let's see how much I can mess with it. Like that's, that's a pretty cool motive, but it's almost I like digress. Joker, the Joker of star Wars. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, it kind of is. And he's, I mean, Joker's a bit super wildly interesting character. Yeah. I, I, I like we're listening to those uh, combinations uh, or compilations on YouTube, like of her just talking. Those are always fun. Yeah. Just lost some. I forgot the word is morale, trade morale, Did, or something like that. Influence. I, that's the word. <laughs> I was gonna say, and I, I know, like we talked pretty good about the finale of Bad Batch, but I, did we talk at all about the Zillow Beast? No, we did not. 
we we I, talked exclusively Amanda last time. So bad. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So when we, I think we've called this for the longest time because we we don't stop talking about it because we think it would be a cool raid. Um, yeah. But I was like, and I, I I love I love I love when Star Wars does this type of stuff. I even showed my wife. I'm like, this was, I think, almost 15 years in the making. Because it's Clone Wars season two, it's not like it's not it's not at the very end. Like it, it's really towards the beginning of Clone Wars that we get the the Zillow Beast arc, and I, I love how they did it too. How they portrayed it to us is they didn't just tell us right away it's a Zillow Beast. We saw it as a baby. We saw it growing, and then we didn't really. I didn't really know until yeah. until Tech was like, "It's the same monster that attacked Coruscant during yeah. the war." I'm like oh that's only one thing and then of course they jumped and it obviously looked much more like the zillow beast at this time no i was the same way i was like again watching with my little girl and as soon as he said that i'm like i look like one of those memes i was like hey i know what's the leonardo DiCaprio where he's like oh yeah with that with the whiskey or whatever (laughs) that was me No, nah, I mean, su- super cool to see it. Uh, finally, progress with it, and we're getting. I guess we talked. We we, we talked about Mando last time, so we can kind of um, we can now cross the information we have between the two. Um, and I, I, so I guess we're going to talk not not this week Mando spoilers, or probably even last week, but several weeks ago. Um, if you saw the episode with the the Doctor, keep listening. If you haven't seen that, which I don't know why you would watch Bad Batch before Mando, but um, the episode with the Doctor. His whole thing, what is he trying to do? Oh, no. Uh, before we get to the Doctor, though, I was going to say about the Zillow Beast. This has finally put a answer on one of the biggest questions I've ever had in Star Wars. Yeah, Because remember, we get Anakin fighting the Zillow Beast, right? And there yeah. was a and he hits it with book. his lightsaber. He's like, what? Yeah, and there's a comic book that right when Disney bought Star Wars, where Kylo fights a Zillow beast, and I've really? always yeah, I pulled it up right now, so I don't know if you guys could see, but yeah, that's Kylo, and there's a stormtrooper, of uh, a stormtrooper that um, talks to Kylo that served under Vader, and Vader had fought a Zillow beast. So not only did Anakin fight a Zillow beast when he was Anakin, but he also fought a Zillow beast when he was uh, Vader as well. I mean, they're really going to town with these. Yeah. So, but that was like, I want to say before, like right after force awakens. So it's been a couple of years now. So I was always like, what the heck? How is that even possible for them to be able to fight Zillow beasts? Like they should have been extinct. I know they work like cloning, and stuff like that, but they never explained it. So I like I love that this Bad Batch episode explains that question that I've always had on that comic book. It was a really cool comic book too. If you guys ever check it out, yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, yeah. No, I, but it's what what I'm further concerned about, and like this doesn't even really happen fully. But like what Doctor Pershing's trying to do, uh-huh. he's trying to mix. And in Clone, he's trying to mix DNA. Oh, I know. So I'm sitting here thinking, so Palpatine doesn't just want to clone a bunch of them, rip their scales off, and throw it on Stormtrooper armor. I think the idea, if this is intentional, is to mix the Xylobeast DNA so that he can clone himself 
and have impenetrable skin. Like he can just be invincible. I can see that. <laughs> and obviously we don't get there. I don't think he really perfects the whole cloning thing. In fact, we know he doesn't uh, because he actually he needs the force diet to actually be able to come back to 100% normal, yeah. not not with, with Zilla Beast or whatever. Um, but I'm curious as to where that could go. Yeah, and, and the way they use cloning too, especially in there, it's in the novel. The which one is it? I think it's the Rise of the Skywalker, the episode nine. But they call it Strandcast, so it, it could be possible what you're talking about. They're mixing DNAs because if they're taking strands of each of these DNAs and putting them together, that that's maybe what it all comes down to. Yeah, that's, I think what, that's, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And I think that's what happened to um, Snoke. Because Snoke has some Palpatine in him. But he's what? Like eight feet tall, seven feet tall? That may have been their attempt of kind of like putting other species or other like characters into there with Palpatine. And it may have just got all funky and not really taken. Because they don't have that character like Purging's in there. Um but he was still able to be force sensitive and be used from Palpatine. So they kept that character going and kept cloning him. But um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense what you just said right now. Well, I think it makes even more sense what you're saying about Snoke because Snoke, we know, we know that Snoke is a failed clone of Palpatine, yeah. but they're always, always kind of that awkward question there, you know, sequel, we can complain about how the sequels weren't really that well thought out, but why is he so drastically different from Palpatine? Like, mm-hmm. and, and not, not even ways to look like defects. Like, sure. The big crack through his head looks like a defect, but like, why is he taller? Like that doesn't, if you have a defective clone, which I guess Wrecker is kind of the exclusion to this, but like, he, he shouldn't be taller. Should he, there should be, that's not, I don't know. That's not how it should work in my mind. But now with this, what you just said, it does make more sense. If they mixed him with something else, for example, like the Xylo beast, not saying they did. But he's like, I was what, like 100 feet tall or something stupid like that. Yeah. If they tried to mix even a little bit in there, that would expand his height or even like the way his fingers are a lot skinnier or I don't know. Um, but that seems like a really hard science to master. If cloning is oh, hard, yeah. imagine that. That's probably why he's all like kind of funky looking, you know? Yeah. But uh, Ray's dad is also a strand cast and it makes sense that he doesn't really look like Palpatine, but he is, does have the the makeup of some Palpatine in him as well. That's why Ray is his granddaughter because he's his son, but through Strangcast. So he has some Palpatine in there too, but he obviously has like other genetics in there as well. So I don't, I, and I think that's why they kept him around on Exegol because he's the only one that really took to it, but he didn't have the force potential to be, the host of Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, is the, is the Palpatine that like Sith Eternal Emperor that we see in episode nine, is he a strand cast too, or did they just give up? And no, like, he, he is also a strand cast. Oh. So, but because of Palpatine's essence, they don't last. That's why he, like his body and he needed the machine and everything because yep. of the force and all his essence in him. It just deteriorates the body. And yeah, it was, it was the, too. It was too much to handle. Yeah, and that's why when the dyad happens, he could like s- siphon that energy off to where like it would feed hit the body. That makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, it's, like, it's wild. <laughs> it, it is wild, and I can sit here and talk crap about it. But like, are we really going to pretend that the mm-hmm. 
the prequels weren't that different where there were like a few things like that doesn't really make sense and then you know 10 years later we got clone wars and like oh yeah that makes sense now so. Yeah, and that and that's what I've said from the jump about the sequel yeah, trilogy. Yeah. It's like they don't have the backing of what the prequels have. They don't have the novels, the comic books to really just help flesh some of the themes and some of the story out even further that the prequels does or as the OG trilogy does. And just wait, watch. We're gonna get sequel trilogy stuff, more comic books, more books. I mean, we already we'll are. Yeah, like like and it's really weird, and people are gonna have to eventually just and this is going to be me being mean, but eventually people are just going to kind of have to grow a pair and accept that Mando is set, the, the show that they love is setting up for the sequels because it oh, is. Yeah. Like, I, is... It, yes, it has its own themes. It has its own story. Those are all amazing. But there is some very obvious setup here for not only Palpatine, but also the First Order. Yep, I, I would consider the show more of a sequel trilogy show than an OG trilogy show, to be honest. I think it'll end that way. I think, I mean, especially though, like, like the first two seasons, there was just so much um, reliance on like things that happened specifically in the, the original trilogy. Like we had uh, Boba Fett obviously being a thing was pretty much there. A huge reliance on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, just the general Western theme. Well, that's really, that's uh, supposed to be all of Star Wars. Oh, and just, um, there's one other thing. Oh, his, 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 his gun, uh, the, uh, his, his rifle that can disintegrate. Like that's very much original trilogy or even holiday special. Holiday special. Yeah. No, and I, I'm right there with you. And once it's all said and done, I think the show is going to be more of a sequel show. Um, I'm just real. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into spoiler talks, but I'm real interested if they don't step on the toes of some of the books and comic books that have already happened, they've done it before. They're going to. But I, I wonder they're if they're going to gonna tie it in somehow because there's a lot of like key characters that have really got fleshed out that were a part of that first order type deal. And I feel like they're going to change it. Yeah, I think they've uh, they pretty much set the standard that. There are three levels of canon now. You have movies and TV shows are, are really what dominate that that dictates everything else. Like it, that comes first. If those don't exist, then you're com- you can rely on comic books and books and everything like that. And really, even if that doesn't exist, you can you can. St- I'm fine with throwing legends logic into things. Like if there's not something that contradicts it in canon, sure, the legend things can be true. Cough, cough. Plagueis, Plagueis is in my head canon. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I if you don't if you can't disprove it with something that's in canon, it, it might as well be like, and that's yeah, that that's a lot of stuff. Like, I I consider pretty much everything that happened in Kotor canon because there's nothing that says it does a nothing that says it doesn't, and b I guess we have Darth Revan's name exists, so there's that. Yeah, no, and you know what? Like, I I do give like kudos to disney because they've only done it twice they've done it with mm-hmm. kane and dune and they've done it maybe with ahsoka but they have wiggle room to say it's a separate event kane and kane's was pretty bad though like yeah, kane, I, I, kane I is the worst one i have that comic man i have yeah. it and the, i mean it's not even close like no. it's <laughs> like a so ahsoka's we can kind of twist and be like oh there were two inquisitors and you know everyone's happy but um commander gray was such a such a cool character too yeah like his story was really really cool 
Hey, you want to know one other thing I didn't think of until just now? Uh-huh. So we've talked about Strandcast. We've talked about the Zillow Beast. What other reserve, so to speak, have we seen where there's a lot of like really valuable force DNA? Oh, the Inquisitors. The our Vader's castle. Are they not the Vader's castle, but the Inquisitors base, home base. Yep. That whole floor full of dead Jedi who are just sitting there being specifically preserved so that their DNA can be taken. Now now we know why Palpatine uses a cane. <laughs> he took it from the old Jedi that helped Ahsoka. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just going to throw that one out there. No, that's interesting, though. Like I want that, and that's I, I just wish they would flesh it out further. I know they tease us, but like, I don't want to know the answer five years from now or ten years from now. I'm like, okay, tease it, but like, kind of give me something, like at the end at least. I'm I'm kind of fine with it, honestly, just because for every answer we get, it, it's just normal to get five more five five more questions, like. Has Bad Batch answered a lot of things? Sure, but like, yeah. we we have more questions than we have answers now, and that's and, that, and that's just part of the storytelling aspect of it that I I, I quite honestly. Stop. Was that a fire? Appreciate you, Thisk, for the raid. Oh, sweet. Yeah. No, but I'm right there with you too. Like that's one of the aspects I really like about Star Wars is just, just the lore and then the constant influx of lore and that everything ties in together. All right, Tilo. Um, well, I'll call it there, and I do expect we want to protect all the radios we can. We were, I probably we can probably wrap it up now, but uh, we were just talking yeah. like a lot of spoilers, like specifically for Bad Batch, not exactly for Mando, but. I uh, definitely talked a lot of um, a lot of bad batch spoilers. But Tila, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we head out? No, um, I, I was going to say celebration on the seventh, so next Friday. Sweet. So Ray Rock says, oh, "Did I have a power outage? No, I just like the dark. I'm the dark side. <laughs> Streaming the dark's actually kind of cool. It is fun." I just wish I had lights. I, I want to put them up. I just haven't. I want to paint this too, and I haven't had time. <laughs> yeah, lights are nice. All right, man. Well, if that if that's it for today. Um, everyone, thank you for watching, and stay mad awesome. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>